to the Wild Wisdom Podcast with Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm Dr. Patricia. This podcast is for people who want to transform their health, restore their hormones, and reconnect to their body's natural wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia. I'm a Canadian medical doctor, published author, internationally recognized researcher, and passionate advocate for your health. Here, we'll explore the intersection between ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, distilling the essence of true health into practical steps you can take. Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. One question that I commonly get asked is, uh, how is my practice different from a traditional MD and from other types of uh, ways to practice medicine? And it's a great question. My story is unique. Everybody's story is unique. And uh, my story is quite interesting. I am currently a, a traditional medical doctor, so to speak. Uh, I did do my medical training uh, through the University of Toronto in Canada. And then I went to the University of British Columbia to do my specialization in physical medicine and rehabilitation. So four years of medical school after finishing undergrad and then five years of specializing. And when I graduated, I also uh, went into research. So I uh, was partnered with one of the top uh, internationally recognized researchers in the nervous system, particularly the part that we don't have voluntary control over, the involuntary part, the autonomic nervous system. And he was my mentor for research. And I started doing research and I, I really enjoyed it. So I kept doing it as part of my practice. So I was a part-time researcher and part-time traditional medical doctor. And I was practicing uh, in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and I was really enjoying my practice. I was working on the spinal cord injury ward at the major rehabilitation hospital in Vancouver as one of the um, specialist doctors taking care of the patients who came into the hospital. They had their surgery and they came into the rehab hospital to have their rehabilitation. And they were, as you could imagine, after spinal cord injuries, extremely complicated medical issues that arise. And you get to know the whole, all the interconnections of the nervous system, the brain and the spinal cord, and how it interconnects with all of the organs. And I loved it. It was just amazing. Such incredible knowledge and um, a sense of ability to help people. And what happened was that I was on the ward of the inpatient ward and I got a message from my dad. It was a text message. And my dad was living in Ontario at the time and he uh, was an Ironman triathlete, um, super, I'm doing air quotes, healthy guy, according to the current paradigm of, of health um, that's taught in traditional medicine. And I get this text message and he tells me, the neurologist just gave me a diagnosis of ALS, and that's amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, for those of you don't, who don't know it, um, it's a horrible condition where the body's muscles slowly shut down. They stop functioning, and everybody who gets that condition is unique. It, it could start in the mouth. It could start in the breathing muscles. It could start in the arms and the legs. And for him, it started in the arms. And this story started a few months before when he called me and he said, you know, it's weird. I'm working out 
um, but I'm getting progressively weaker and my handwriting is starting to shake and you know and actually my mom was the one who said hey I noticed something's up with your dad can you talk to him and I got it out of him he didn't even want to complain he was that kind of guy so I just remember being on the ward and it just hit me like a ton of bricks because I had the unfortunate um experience of um knowing all of the story like from beginning to end like ignorance is bl- ignorance is bliss sometimes but I had worked in an ALS clinic and I knew what was in store for him and, and our family and I still get teary when I think about it because it, it uh, I experienced all of the grief all at once and I just started crying and I shut down and my husband had to come get me. I couldn't work for a few days. I had to grieve that knowledge. And then after that very necessary period of grief, I'm so glad I cried tears. You know, I let it all out. Um, and there were many more bouts of crying to come over the years. Um, however, what happened was I finally accepted that this was our reality. And I started to do everything in my power to help him. So first I started to do everything I could within my specialty. And that was quite a bit, um, physical medicine and rehabilitation, otherwise physiatry. Um, we use a lot of uh, tools. Uh, we have a lot of tools in our tool belt, so to speak, to help people improve medications breathing assistant devices, things to keep the lungs open and clear and all these things. So I went with him to his, I'd I'd fly down to Toronto and help him out with his appointments. Um, I'd be there for all of the doctor, you know, it was really interesting to be on the other side of the table as a patient uh, or as a family member of a patient. That was my first time of something quite serious like that. And I learned so much from that experience, actually, just being on the other side of the table and it allowed me to really change my practice in that way to adjust um, the way that I interacted with my patients in itself changed dramatically from that experience. And then what happened was I had questions. I was kept on asking myself, why? Why did this man who was so healthy, eating what we were told to eat, doing what we were told to do in terms of exercise, he was so, you know, such a dynamic man, so, you know, he loved his work, everything like that. And I just kept on asking myself, why did he get sick? And I started to notice, we had no family history, and I started to notice that other people, uh, friends and family and acquaintances were also getting sick. It was like all of a sudden this like veil got lifted and I started to just notice and observe. And so I um, thought to myself, you know what? I'm a researcher. I have the skills of research. My bread and butter was doing systematic reviews. So I would systematically search all of the research on a topic. And then I would analyze all the data, put it all together, write a manuscript, submit it and get it published. And, I, and by that time I was already internationally recognized for my work and collaborating internationally. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to use this, these research skills and I'm going to start to research. So I started diving into the research. And at first I started within the traditional medicine realm, so to speak, like where I had been taught to um, stay within in medical school, not on purpose, but that's just what happens with a training program. You're kind of led down a certain road and, you know, deviations from that road are very far and few between, unless you have something like this happen to you. Unless you yourself get a sickness or a family member or loved one gets sick and all of a sudden you're just not satisfied with the status quo, you tend to stay in your comfort zone. And that's very understandable because medical school and residency is just exhausting. You know, it's draining physically, emotionally, spiritually. 
um, it's also extremely rewarding, but in the end you're left pretty drained. And so you basically have, um, you know, you, you kind of know what you know, and then you do explore, but within a certain range and usually within traditional Western medicine. But as I was exploring the research, I started to come across other kinds of research, like for example, research from really high level, um, universities in India looking at Ayurveda medicine, the ancient Hindu practice that's been around for about 5,000 years. And they were showing, they were proving the concepts of Ayur, Ayurveda. Okay. And I was very fascinated by that. And then I started looking into traditional Chinese medicine and African traditional medicine. Um, and then I was fascinated by the whole concept of um, you are what you eat. And I started to think, well, was there something about my dad with respect to what he was eating and his digestive health? Because I was coming across that a lot. I mean, Hippocrates, the father of Western medicine, you know, basically says that disease begins and ends in the gut, right? You are what you eat, food is medicine, all that stuff. And I thought to myself, well, I haven't really, really learned this in medical school. We had four hours of training almost if I were to be, um, you know, complete in that. So I had four hours of training in nutrition in, in, in medical school. And I noticed that a lot of the research had to do with, you know, food and the power of food and the effects it had on the body. And I started to think, well, I don't actually know that much about food. So I remember taking like a, a weekend course taught by one of the PhD doctors um, working at the head and neck surgery department at the University of Toronto hospital there, a cancer hospital there. And she just like blew my lid on that. She just was talking about things that I had never even heard of, like all of these vitamins and what they did. And I had kind of known about that, so to speak, but I had never div uh, gone deep into it as I did at that time, again, propelled by my uh, father's illness. Looking back at the time, what I learned uh, in that course was so basic compared to what I know now, but at the time it was so much more than I had ever learned in medical school. And then I kept going into the research naturopathic medicine. And then I found um, this, I, I started to feel like, was I alone? Am I the only medical doctor that's like coming across all of this stuff, you know? And I finally found uh, functional medicine, which essentially the way I describe functional medicine, I mean, they describe themselves as root cause medicine, as in, you know, you don't just ask like, how can I help this individual feel better um, in their condition, but why did this happen and what can we do to actually reverse it or even improve the condition itself? So no band-aid solutions. They, they definitely know how to use that because they start off as doctors um, in the, in that um, traditional medicine, Western traditional medicine paradigm. But then what, what I, how I described it is that when all of these doctors um, primarily from the U S but from all around the world now, when they or their family and loved ones got sick, so the ones who um, started to ask why and go deeper, they all kind of found the same information, so to speak. They were finding, when they started diving to the research, they were coming to the same information that I was coming to, which essentially is that only about 5% of all the conditions that we're seeing these days are 100% genetically predetermined. The rest of it, the rest of it is caused by the environment. It's, it's what we eat, it's what we put on our skin, it's what we drink, it's how we sleep, it's how we think, it's what we're exposed to mentally, emotionally, physically, even spiritually, you could say. And it's like the genetics loads the gun, but the environment pulls the trigger. And I did not appreciate how that was, like how strong that was. So if we think about my dad, 
you know, if you apply that way of looking at things, okay, so he got ALS with no family history. It was not a genetic predetermined thing that he was going to get it. So something about what he was doing or what was happening to him, either in, when in his youth or as he got older, had exposed him to a combination of events that culminated in the experience of ALS. And the way that I like to think about it is that your DNA is like um, a, a piano, okay? Like the keys on a piano. So you're born with a certain DNA, a certain piano keys, and there is a limit to the kind of music that you can play with that piano. Like if you're missing an octave, there's certain songs you simply can't play. But within those octaves that are available to you, you can play an extraordinary range of music. But the music that comes out depends on the state of the piano player. So if you're feeding that piano player um, alcohol, right, or if that piano player is depressed, right? They're going to put out um, a certain kind of music. It's going to be like a very disynchronous. It's going to be very unpleasant to listen to. That's like health, right? You're going to have bad health. But if you take that same piano player and you feed them good music and they're in a good mood, you, they have ways to cope with their stress. They go to bed at the right time. If they're exposed to toxins, they know what to do to um, help the body eliminate it. Um, they're going to play beautiful music and that's what you get. You get expression of good health. So. I realized that um, there was a reason my dad had gotten ALS. I, I still don't know exactly what it is. I do have some suspicions in his case as to what it was, and I will cover that in the future. And, uh, but what I found was that I was just fascinated by all of this. I, I started to realize that I also worked um, at an outpatient clinic at the hospital, and um, it was a neuromusculoskeletal clinic, and I would see people with the, a range of conditions, everything from muscular dystrophy and cerebral palsy, all the way up to multiple sclerosis, uh, Parkinson's, all sorts of conditions, right? Brain, spinal cord, muscles, tissues, bones, all that stuff. And when I started to use that um, way of looking at things, this different perception of, of health in the world, I started to notice that almost all of my patients, with very few exceptions, had environmental triggers that had pulled the gun, so to speak, on their condition. And I started to um, become saddened um, by the fact that oftentimes I would try to help them with certifying currently with a plan to be certified in functional medicine. And um, I was learning all these skills of how to apply them to my patients, how to find the root cause, how to help them reverse with uh, nutrition, functional nutrition, like targeted, you know, nutrition supplements, very targeted supplements, very scientifically backed approaches, certain kinds of exercise. Mindset was huge. In some cases, we had to talk about spirituality, the whole whole health paradigm. Um, but with these people, it was quite challenging. It was like it was almost too late, you know. I mean, some of them made her heroic efforts and and certainly um, had a turnaround. But with many of them, I felt like if I had been able to uh, reach them sooner, I'd be able to have prevented what they went through, what they were going through. So I started to look more upstream, so to speak. It was like they had already fallen off the waterfall and they were in the turbulence. So I was like, okay, what what happens if I go upstream and I help at like the river? where they're just about to step into the river and get swept away by this crazy current of poor health. And certainly you can reverse. It's easier to reverse when you're like going down the river at a slow speed and then harder when it gets faster and hard, and then even harder when you go over the side of the cliff, so to speak, down the waterfall. I was like, you know what? What if I go really, really upstream and I help people who are just starting to experience 
problems with their health or even have health conditions. And we can powerfully make some, in some cases, simple, in other cases, more drastic changes to their lifestyle. Um, and then some personalized um, supplements, um, some personalized exercise recommendations, because oftentimes my dad was an Ironman, as I mentioned, that is not necessarily a healthy thing to be overly using your body and not allowing time for rest and recovery. That's an issue that can happen with people and that often does happen with people. That was not the primary cause, but I suspect that was one of the tipping points. And then what also happened along the road that I really should mention, because currently um, I definitely have a very special interest in women's health. And the reason for that was because when I started to learn all of these things about what is health versus not poor health, I started to realize that I was not healthy. And that's when I realized, you know what? Um, I really got to get into this. And I took me, I actually took a few years and I focused inward. And, um, you know, I took the time, I, I started to prioritize myself more. I got into uh, really learning about nutrition and what was right for me and my body. And, and I, um, I tried everything. Like I, that's the thing I've tried everything, like literally everything, because I thought, you know what, I just want to try it out. Um, there's the, you know, Dave Asprey's famous for bulletproof and trying everything on, on himself. I feel like I'm kind of like him in a way, although maybe some different limits in different places, but I definitely, I, I bought all the stuff. I tried it all out, like, you know, all the grounding mat for sleeping and, uh, infrared saunas and everything, you know, I don't even want to mention some of the stuff and I learned what worked and didn't work. And then I started, um, noticing massive shifts in my health, like really amazing shifts. And then people started noticing and um, it would come up in conversations and um, friends would start asking me for advice. And I clearly remember there was a couple of girls, uh, friends of mine who were interested in this and they said, Hey, do you mind teaching us about this? And I said, sure. So we met in the park and what was supposed to be just a little while turned into a couple hours. And I remember leaving that conversation, just feeling so energized, just so incredibly happy that I was um, sharing my knowledge that I was gaining um, helping them out. I could see that they were super interested and just totally motivated by the, what I had to share and how I had to share it. And that's when I started to get the inkling that my purpose was to do that sort of thing. And what I learned from that experience was that it was not enough for me to sit down with them for a couple hours and just try to teach them everything I knew because they would take that information. And it was first of all, overwhelming. It was like a knowledge dump, right? Like too much at, too, at, at the same time. And the other thing was that there was no structure. So it's like, I didn't really have a structure for them to like, you know, show them things, show them pictures and images to help them understand the concepts. Um, if they had follow-up questions, I could, I could help, but it was very hard to do so. And I also found that there was a power to be had when people do, do things as a group. And that was really lacking. So I was, I remember I was trying to decide what to do with my practice because I was starting to feel personally unsatisfied with what I was doing. Not to say that my specialty is unsatisfying, but on, uh, for me, with the knowledge that I was gaining and my, where my interest was starting to head, I no longer was feeling like this was what was meant for me at that time anymore. And I was listening to a um, podcast and it was an interview of a um, naturopathic doctor in Oakville, actually, who was talking about a, a, a group program that she had um, launched and was quite successful where she would get a group of women and she would teach them what like the fundamentals of health over a period of 10 sessions, an hour and a half, two, two hours each session. And at the time it was in person. And she said, oh my gosh, it's amazing to see the transformation and, the, and these women supporting each other and how much they learn and they're accountable to each other. And 
And something within me clicked. I was like, you know what? I feel like this is the thing for me. Like this is the kind of um, medicine that I want to practice where I'm educating women, supporting them, um, addressing all of the barriers that they come up with in their life, which inevitably come up with like making nutritional changes is really hard and dealing with all the barriers like mental and access and all those things. I signed up. Um, so I started delivering, it's called the Wild Collective program, which I turned into a 10-week virtual program. And then I started developing other programs like um, Body Wisdom was a program that I developed because some of the women who were participating in the educational sessions felt like they just needed that a little bit more support to, you know, um, action the things that I had taught about. And they also wanted a little bit more one-on-one time with me. So I created that program to have a blend of one-on-one and uh, group, you know, experience, very like exclusive, intimate experience so that you could really focus on the individual. And as we speak, I create workshops for, for individuals, um, primarily for women, um, but some um, topics do expand to men and, and um, others as well. So that's where I sit right now. You know, I... I um, it's almost like the way I would describe my practice right now is that I'm not sitting in any one camp. I'm kind of in the middle. Like if you think of a, of a flower with many petals and there's an intersection in the middle, I'm sitting in the middle, a little bit of um, many different hats. And the way I describe myself now is a health transformation expert. So what I do is I take all of the knowledge that I currently have and I'm constantly building on that knowledge. I am extremely humble. I do not know everything. And I don't want to ever know everything, any, everything, because the moment I think I know everything is the moment I start to um, limit my opportunities for growth and learning, right? So I don't know everything. However, I do know quite a bit, and I love to share the information in, um, in ways that people can more easily understand it and apply it to their lives. So wisdom is knowledge and action. And it's not enough to just to know you have to do. I hear this from my children all the time. You know, I'm like, hey, could you please go, you know, clean your rooms? Like, I know, mom. And I said, I, I don't want you to just know I want you to do. <laughs> you know? So, um, and I really uh, love the entire concept of mind, mindset and spirituality that needs to be parter- partnered with that. Because oftentimes the barriers that come up to achieving whole health are not even um, to do with um, food, um, nutrition, or exercise, it often has to do with the mindset that we carry around our health, um, reasons that we're holding on to poor health and not willing to let go of habits that keep us in that state. And then having faith and trusting the process is very important as well. Um, and not to say like in a religious way, but in a sense that I know that it is not our destiny to be sick individuals. Okay. So if you're living in a space of sickness, then there is so much that can be done to improve or reverse that. First, you need to understand that. Then you have to accept it, right? You have to accept that you are in a space of disease and that you have to take ownership for that. And some things are beyond your control. Like if you're born in a house that's moldy and you got mold exposure, it's not so much that you're taking personal responsibility for that, but it's more like take personal responsibility for the fact that that happened. And that now action needs to be taken. If you're in denial or in apathy or anger or resistance, you know, or blame, that's not where change is going to happen, right? You can blame your parents for (laughs) putting you in a moldy room, or you can blame the renovation um, for exposing you to toxic things. And now you're dealing with that. You can blame your parents for raising you with poor food choices. 
that doesn't get you anywhere. That does not lead to health transformation. Health transformation happens when you accept that you are where you are, that everything that's happening has happened to you. There's no assistance in blaming or recriminations or lack of forgiveness. You just have to let that all go and accept your condition, so to speak, but not accept it in that don't do anything about it. That's not what I mean. What I mean is you accept that you have a condition and that work needs to be done. And once you make the decision that you're going to do the work, that's when the magic starts to happen. And it doesn't always go as planned. Sometimes you start down one road and you try different things out and that doesn't work out. And then you might get discouraged. You might feel like giving up. That's the time to just pause, pivot and progress and go down another road. And what I found when I was doing all of this, I started to find what I call threads of truth in the research, in the literature, in what I was seeing in my patients and my clients, that um, there, there, is, there are threads of truth and you have to find them out. I, f- I found the threads of truth in the literature and the research. You know, for example, gut health is foundational. Like you cannot have true health if you don't have gut health. That's a thread of truth. That, that runs through, Hippocrates said that, Ayurveda says that, you know, traditional Chinese medicine says that, naturopathic, functional medicine. I mean, all of these different disciplines all agree on this fundamental truth okay no one who disputes that is up to date on cutting edge science also because cutting edge science is definitely proving this right um but you have to find out for yourself like what is true for yourself is is the truth that you can't manage your stress and you're dealing you know you're getting up every day and you're you know facing your day you're doing all the things and you fall into bed at night and you get up the next day and you feel like okay this is my life Um, and there's nothing I can do about it. This is just the, this is the way things are. Well, that's not a thread of truth. The thread of truth is that if you dedicate yourself to your cause, to yourself, you can always make a choice and you can always find the solution and you have to be persistent and you have to be consistent and you have to be patient because it's not, this is the difference between true health, root cause, and the Western medicine current paradigm of the Band-Aid solution. So I used ibuprofen as my Band-Aid and I got immediate results. My pain, my cramping would go away. But that did not solve the root cause, which was my hormonal imbalance. And, and that takes time. That took about a year for me to reverse of consistency, patience, dedication, making some wrong choices, learning from those wrong choices, positing, pivoting, and progressing. So, you know, to get back to the original question... What is it that I do that's different from a traditional medicine, uh, Western uh, medicine doctor? Um, I, I do not limit myself to one scope of looking at things. I have um, a much varied um, view of um, different ways of approaching something. I have many, many more tools in my toolbox now. Like when I see individuals and they have issues, um, there's so, so many things that can be done. Like, uh, you know, it's more of a question, like, what are we going to start with first? And then what are we going to do next? And that's very individual. And I'm open to learning new things. I'm always learning from my clients and my patients because they often know better what's going on with themselves than I do. And I have to take that knowledge and incorporate it into my research. I would say that I've gotten away from a traditional medical practice. Like I do not have a clinic where I see pe- people back to back one on one. I think that for myself, that is not efficient. That's not the way that I'm going to be able to help the world rise. My purpose is to help 
humans on this planet um, rise in health and uh, achieve the true health that is their birthright. I feel like the reason I'm focusing on women is probably because women have a um, unique position of oftentimes, not all the times, but oftentimes being the linchpin in the family with respect to nutrition and, and habits and for themselves as well. So I feel like if I can help the women, I can also help their families and community. But if I see one people one-on-one, um, there's only so many people I can help. But if I see people in, um, you know, if I provide workshops or group programs with a little bit of one-on-one, but a lot of group, um, you know, work, then I can harness the power of numbers. So I'm doing a lot of what you would call health prevention and promotion work in this field. And this is where I'm seeing the change. Like I have a private Facebook group called Wild Wisdom for Women by, uh, with Dr. Patricia Mills. And the women who show up there, um, you know, I go there every day in some way, a poster, a live video, um, like a live interview, that kind of thing. And the women who show up there, um, they're inspiring to me. You know, they are people who are genuinely um, ready to make a change, which I think is actually the biggest barrier to achieving uh, whole health is just not being ready or willing to make a change, not being willing to let go of, of the comfort of like your lifestyle. But these women are just so curious. They're so interested. They're so open. They're so supportive. You know, the way that they respond to each other's questions and their successes. Um, and I'm starting to see that that is an incredible way to build community, like that kind of platform where you can get groups of women, like-minded women, like-minded humans. And so that's my, that's my goal. That's my vision is to see this like global network community of like-minded individuals who respect each other, love each other, support each other, or stay open and curious, non-judgmental, non-reactive, simply sitting with the information and deciding what works for them in that moment, and then um, progressing, and then, and then moving forward. You know, the people who tend to not do well in that group are people who are really resistant to new information or really resistant to changing their habits. Uh, it's been a really interesting um, experience for me and uh, I love it. So I know I'm doing the right thing because every day I wake up, I just get so fired up about everything. And um, this podcast is such a manifestation of, of um, what I've been thinking about for such a long time, which is how do I get this information, this wisdom out to more people? How do I have a greater impact um, through disseminating this uh, wisdom that needs to be disseminated, this podcast is the culmination of that question. And I'm so grateful to be here with you today, right now, whenever you're listening to this, sharing this wisdom with you, knowing that this is the kind of information that's just going to help you, help you soar, help you on a positive path of transformation. And I look forward to being there on that journey with you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, Wild Wisdom with Dr. Patricia Mills. If you like this podcast, please take the time to like and subscribe. And please feel free to leave any comments and look below for the contact information if you want to connect with me directly. Thank you. And I hope you have a wonderful day, evening or night. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for a professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. 
If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call. You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health. 